This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Everyone needs to unload to someone who's unbiased and who isn't judging. Visit betterhelp.com super and unload the stress. Hey, brother! Okay, guys, it has been a minute since we have examined the end of Crimes of Grindelwald, so we thought we would look at it again with some fresh eyes and see if the passage of time had brought anything new to light. And I have to tell you, it totally did. But in case you need a refresher, and I wouldn't blame you if you did, because somehow it's already been four years since the movie came out. What? The Crimes of Grindelwald ends with a truly stunning revelation. Grindelwald approaches Credence, who is nursing a baby bird he's been carrying with him throughout the movie. He then takes the bird from him and throws it into the air, where it's revealed that it's actually a phoenix. He then also tells Credence that he knows who he is, what his true name is, Aurelius Dumbledore. And not only that, but he is the brother of Albus Dumbledore. And we're all just sitting there like, what? How could this be? How could there be another Dumbledore we didn't know of that Albus didn't know of? It's it's impossible. He's lying. And yes, that does seem to sort of be the general consensus, that Grindelwald is just lying in this situation to manipulate Credence. And that's certainly possible. I mean, it's definitely not outside the scope of capabilities for a master manipulator like Grindelwald. Or the other popular theory is that Credence is just in some way the reincarnated form of the Obscurus that formed inside of and killed Dumbledore's sister, Ariana. Which again does feel possible. I mean, they did introduce Nicholas Flamel and the Philosopher's Stone in the last movie, a magical object we know can give a human body to someone in just sort of like cloud vapor form, or at least that's what Voldemort was trying to do in Philosopher's Stone. But if that is the case, then yeah, I guess you could sort of call them brothers, just not in like a strictly biological sense. Anyway, those are the two most prevalent theories, but there is one other option that Grindelwald is just telling the truth, that Albus and Credence are actually brothers. How could that possibly be, you ask? Well, today we find out. Hey, brother! Guys, before we dive on in, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Life is full of stressors. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have, life is stressful. For me, this can even be stuff that I love, maybe because I love it. My family, job, friends, going to the gym, playing Pokemon cards in my local card shop. None of those things are negative aspects of my life, but they still cost me quite a bit of physical and more importantly, mental energy. And sometimes dealing with that stress isn't through family and friends. You need some unbiased third party you can unload it on to, and that is where therapy comes in. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat options with your therapist. So you don't actually even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Plus, it is way more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors, get some unbiased feedback, and you would be amazed at what it can do for you. And BetterHelp is offering Super Carlin Brothers viewers 10% off their first month when you go to betterhelp.com slash super. Again, that is 10% off your first month when you head to betterhelp.com super. Link is in the description down below. Okay, how could this be true? How could Credence actually be Dumbledore's brother? Like, what would need to be the case for this to be our reality? Well, in a nutshell, for this to be true, it would mean at the very least, one of Dumbledore's parents would need to have had another child completely unbeknownst 
to Albus himself. And this is a pretty tall order to be sure, and one that at first glance actually kind of looks impossible. I mean, for one, his father, Percival Dumbledore, is sentenced to life in Azkaban in 1890, where he dies. And then his mother, Kendra Dumbledore, dies in 1899 after Ariana has one of her outbursts that kills her. Credence, on the other hand, was born in 1901, so two years after Kendra's death. So uh, how could this be? It's impossible, right? Of course, I would have said that about McGonagall showing up in Fantastic Beasts, but apparently I was wrong, so. But maybe it's not as impossible as we thought, because I have to say, 1899 and 1901 really aren't that far apart, especially if you also have to take into account nine months for a baby to be born somewhere in there. But yes, I hear you. It doesn't really matter how close together they are. You really can't have a baby either way if you're, you know, uh, dead. But so what then? Does that mean I'm suggesting that Kendra didn't actually die in 1899? <laughs> yes. Yes, that is exactly what I'm suggesting. And it's actually more believable than you might think because the circumstances surrounding her death are mysterious at best. Here's the best account we get of it from Aberforth. Then when she was 14, see, I wasn't there. If I'd been there, I could have calmed her down. She had one of her rages and my mother wasn't as young as she was and it was an accident. Ariana couldn't control it, but my mother was killed. But do you see the problem? Nobody else was there. Nobody was there to see what happened. We don't even know what they found. Like, did, did they find her body at all? Because if Ariana indeed had an Obscurus inside her and it is all but confirmed that she did, then this explosion, if it's anything like Credence, could have been massive. I mean, they may have assumed she was simply blasted into oblivion. I mean, honestly, that's what a lot of people thought happened to Voldemort after he attacked Harry as a baby. So, I don't know, it feels pretty plausible to me. Either way, the real point is that there is some wiggle room there and she could have still been alive. But so what, right? I mean, even if Kendra was alive and even if she gave birth to another child, how would Grindelwald know? And why would he assume that Credence was that child? Well, that is where things get interesting because Grindelwald actually doesn't have all of the information. For most of Crimes of Grindelwald, it is the mystery surrounding Credence's true identity that is moving the plot forward. And most of the characters seem to be operating under the same belief that Credence is actually the long lost Lestrange child, Corvus Lestrange. And this is because of a mysterious poem from a book called The Predictions of Tychodondus. It reads, A son cruelly banished, despair of the daughter. Return, great avenger, with wings from the water. Now, according to Yusuf Kama, the cruelly banished son in question is baby Corvus Lestrange, the son of Corvus Lestrange Sr. and some woman named uh, Clarice Tremblay. I he also believes the despair of the daughter line is about Lita Lestrange, who shares a mother with Yusuf in Lorena, comma. That said, it must be noticed that Lorena was only with Corvus Lestrange Sr. because she had the imperious curse used on her and was coerced into into that marriage and left her actual husband, Mustafa Kama, in the process. Which is why Yusuf, the son of Lorena and Mustafa, then sees himself as the Great Avenger. 
He is the one who will avenge the coercion of his mother by killing baby Corvus, who was the only person Corvus Sr. ever truly loved. In fact, he even goes as far as to make an unbreakable vow with his father to do this exact thing. And if you don't know, the cost of breaking an unbreakable vow is death. And the vow seems to be calling the bill due because throughout the movie, Yusuf keeps suffering from random fainting spells. And I know that's a lot to keep track of, but the great news is, is that it almost doesn't matter because it turns out Yusuf is incorrect in his interpretation of this prophecy. Turns out he doesn't need to worry about killing Corvus Lestrange because leader reveals he's already dead. Corvus Lestrange is already dead, I killed him! That when they were sailing to America as kids, baby Corvus was crying so much, Lita actually swapped him with another baby for a moment of relief. And that other baby actually turns out to be Credence. But then before she was able to switch the babies back, the ship began to sink. They all got separated and baby Corvus drowned. And Lita never told anyone about the switch. Whoops, uh, sorry, Yusuf. It turns out it's not the uh, unbreakable vow that's about to kill you. It's just that nasty, gross parasite in your eye. Calamari. Now, here's the thing, though. The only people Lita tells this to are Newt, Tina, Jacob, Yusuf, Nagini, and Credence himself. And then immediately after this revelation, Grindelwald's rally begins where Lita promptly sacrifices herself. Which means those are the only other people who know this information, which means Grindelwald does not know this information. Grindelwald does not know about the baby swap. Now, yes, it is true that Credence did go with him, but I don't think he's actually told Grindelwald anything yet because of this exchange between Grindelwald and Queenie. Is he frightened of me still? You need to be careful. He's not sure he made the right choice. Credence does not know if he made the right call yet, and he does not fully trust Grindelwald yet. And as such, I doubt the very first thing he did was spill this giant secret to Grindelwald, especially because why would Grindelwald even care? Because after all, all it does is prove that he's not Corvus Lestrange, not that he is somebody else. And yet it is indeed crucial information, crucial information that Grindelwald does not have. Like I will say it again, Grindelwald does not know about the baby swap, which I'll admit it was a plot twist I personally thought was kind of lame and silly, unless it turns out this particular theory that I'm telling you right now is correct, in which case it's pretty epic. But what it means is that Grindelwald thinks this is the unswapped child. He thinks this is Corvus Lestrange. It means he is mistaken. But just look at what he has his henchmen do earlier in the movie. He has them break into the French Ministry of Magic, steal the Lestrange family tree, and plant it in the mausoleum? He then personally tells Credence to go to the mausoleum and find it. Like, what does he think he's going to learn? Because, like, Grindelwald hasn't seen the family tree. He thinks Credence is going to learn that he is Corvus Lestrange. Uh, but Jay, wait, I hear you saying Grindelwald tells Credence that he's Aurelius Dumbledore, not Corvus Lestrange. Yes, exactly. Do you get it? They're the same person. Aurelius didn't get swapped for Corvus. Corvus was Aurelius. They were the same person. What Grindelwald thinks he knows that nobody else knows 
isn't Credence's identity. In fact, if you remember from the first movie, he doesn't even realize that it's a son he's looking for. He thinks he's looking for this little girl. What Grindelwald thinks he knows that nobody else knows isn't Credence's identity, it's his mom's identity. Clarice Tremblay, sorry, no. More like Kendra Dumbledore, who is given a fake name to hide her identity. Also coerced, just like Lorraine Akama. Yusuf even says, He loved her no more than he had loved you. But he loves his son. Why? Because he's a boy? Yes. But also because he has the same mom as that Dumbledore kid who keeps hearing about young hotshot over at Hogwarts, most powerful wizard ever, they're saying. And now that blood runs in his family. And how does Grindelwald know about any of this, you might be asking? Because he arranged the whole thing because he's a seer. Albus's reputation, even as a high schooler, is so massive that Grindelwald already recognizes he's going to be a threat and is working on ways around him before they even meet. Aberforth says, a bit of a come down from Mr. Brilliant. There's no prizes for looking after your half mad sister, stopping her blowing up the house every other day, but he did all right for a few weeks till he came. Few weeks, you say? Now that's odd, because Grindelwald is expelled from Durmstrang, and Albus starts taking over looking for Ariana immediately after he graduates, so like right at the beginning of summer. But if Grindelwald had been expelled, then he would have left school early and would have been there before the start of summer. Like probably when Ariana's accident happened. Hmm. And hey, powerful wizard like that, I mean, he could have staged the whole thing and just removed the body or even transfigured a different dead body to look like Kendra. I mean, we know he specifically has the skills for that. I mean, he does it to himself for a whole year, posing as Percival Graves, and then does the same trick again with Abernathy at the beginning of Crabs of Grindelwald. I mean, heck, for all we know, he just body swapped Kendra Dumbledore and the real Clarice Tremblay. But even and so, what difference does it make, right? Because that baby is the one that dies after the body swap, right? Or does it? The son cruelly banished, despair of the daughter. Return, great Avenger, with wings from the water. Okay, so first of all, the poem just makes way more sense if it's the banished son who returns with wings from the water. And Credence never goes in the water, but the other baby does. And that baby is the one who was cruelly banished and who was a Dumbledore. That baby is the subject of the prophecy. That baby is the one coming back with wings from the water. Yes, the phoenix at the end is the baby who perished at sea coming back as the great Avenger. Dumbledore even talks earlier in the movie about his family's affinity with phoenixes. I've always felt an affinity with the great magical birds. They say my great-grandfather had one. And it gets even better. Listen to this passage at the end of Half-Blood Prince at Dumbledore's funeral. They like literally suggest that in death, Dumbledores become phoenixes. Then several people screamed. Bright white flames had erupted around Dumbledore's body and the table upon which it lay. Higher and higher they rose, obscuring the body. White smoke spiraled into the air and made strange shapes. Harry thought for one heart-stopping moment that he saw a phoenix fly joyfully into the blue. But next second, the fire had vanished. 
Oh my gosh, when a Dumbledore dies, they become a phoenix. Ah, it just all fits so perfect. I mean, it does still mean that actually we still have no idea who Credence is other than just a very powerful wizard, obviously. And yes, we do have theories about that, but that's a different video. But even the fact that we don't know who Credence is continues to fit because that's sort of been the whole mystery across both movies so far anyway. And this offers an explanation for why Dumbledore would never knew that another sibling existed, but why Grindelwald would think one does. Ah, I could continue to go on and have even more thoughts about this. I am so, so, so sold on this, but I want to know what you guys think. Were Corvus and Aurelius actually the same person who perished at sea and returned as the Phoenix at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald, thus fulfilling the prophecy? Let me know your thoughts in the towel section down below. But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Harry Potter action from us. If you want to see even more about how Dumbledores totally become phoenixes after they die, you can check out this video right here. But otherwise, Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.